This episode is brought to you by Roster Up Media, your home for tangible insights on the NFL and fantasy football. Head to rosterupmedia.com for more. If you love football, you'll love Roster Up. Victory! Let's go! New York Jets, W. That is what I'm talking about. Sunday, baby got that win. Feels good. Did not look like it at times, but we got it done. A win is a win. And it tells you something about this year's Jets team. Things are different. Finally. The Jets are 2-2 and after four weeks. They were projected by many to go 0-8 to start the season. And they are 18th overall in the league right now. Shattering expectations. You gotta love it. And we do here at the Jet Up Podcast. Welcome to another episode. We're excited to get this one going. Appreciate you guys coming back, listening to the show. So much more fun to do this show when we win. I mean, come on. You guys got to be enjoying listening a little bit more with the W. Not just to what went wrong, but what went right. This was a fun one, guys. We really enjoyed it. Um, Obviously, a lot of ups and downs in this game, but ultimately ended on a high note, and the Jets got the win over the Steelers. Before we jump in today, just want to remind you guys to subscribe to this show. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe to the Roster Up Media channel so you get notified of new videos. And then if you are listening to this on podcast platforms, go ahead and subscribe to the show. Uh, We'd also appreciate if you left us a review. But even if you don't have time for a review, just hit that rating. That's all you got to do. Five-star rating. Just click it. You're done. Super simple, super easy, and it helps us a ton. So if you enjoy this show, we really appreciate if you could do that for us. Without further ado, let's get in to recap the Jets' win this past Sunday. So, the win on Sunday was almost a loss, and it was almost the Kenny Pickett game. And what I mean when I say that is the Jets love to notoriously launch the careers of different players uh, where the, the player's struggling and then suddenly they play the Jets and they look like a star and then their career just takes off from there. But Zach Wilson would have none of that this Sunday. He stopped that narrative and the rest of the team also showed they were not going to quit. So speaking of Zach, he returned after the injury. People were like, is this guy going to be super rusty? Uh, Is he even good? And I think throughout the game, those questions continued to bounce around. He started the game really strong, and that was exciting. And it was exciting just as a fan base to see a guy out there who could move. I mean, obviously, there were offensive line issues going into this game with injuries. But Zach Wilson's really mobile. I mean, he was he's a very athletic guy. You can see that when he's out there, the way he moves in the pocket, the way he rolls out and can get away from defenders. He avoided some of these sacks that I thought were easy sacks and he just found a way to get out of it so that was really encouraging for me to see from him something we did not get with Joe Flacco the first three weeks basically with Flacco it was if you're not going to block long enough we're not going to be successful he had a good arm but he couldn't move 
So Zach being able to move, huge, huge, huge for this team, especially with the issues right now in the O-line. So he started the game strong. The Philly special, as it's been called, the play that gave the Philadelphia Eagles a touchdown in the Super Bowl a few years ago uh, with Nick Foles. The Jets have their own version, man. And I'm not going to refer to it the way people were referring to it online because it's a little raunchy, but it was pretty funny. But anyway, the Philly special, the Jets run it to perfection from Wilson to Garrett Wilson on the toss. Garrett Wilson to Barrios. Barrios with the perfect throw right to Zach in the end zone for the touchdown. Jets are up. We're leading. I believe it was 10 0 at that point. So we're looking good. We're like, this isn't the same old Jets. We're moving the ball. We're scoring in the red zone. By the way, our red zone offense has looked good. And it looks a lot better with Zach Wilson out there. So they score this touchdown. Braxton Berrios in the picture that the Jets shared, he actually's not even like after he releases the ball, he just starts running to the sideline. He's like, Nah, I don't even need to look. I know this is a touchdown, which was just really cool. So Love that play from the floor, the deception. I don't know why you would ever not use your full toolkit when you go into a game. You got to win games. You got to win them now. And the Jets pulled one out there with a nice play there for the touchdown. But as the game rolled on, the offense really sputtered for around two and a half quarters. They kind of just disappeared. Zach had some kind of questionable throws throughout that time period, threw into the coverage that got picked off. One of the picks was not really his fault. It was a little his fault, but not really his fault because it hit Tyler Conklin's hands. Pass could have been a little better, yeah. That's where I knocked him. It's a little off, but hits your hands. You got to catch it. It's the NFL. So not going to give that one to him uh, as too much of a knock. But the other one was in triple, into triple coverage to Jeff Smith, who has no business being your first target. Uh, your first option uh, to target uh, on a play like that, especially when we need to move the ball down the field. The half is almost over. We got to get points. Jeff Smith shouldn't be in the game, period. Shouldn't be out there. What are we doing? You got enough, enough elite receivers on this team to not need Jeff Smith in the game in a critical moment. Anyway, um, obviously that was the negative. Not going to focus too much on that. Zach goes into the half. Jets come out. Momentum is clearly not on their side for a while after this. But this is the reason I wait till the end of games now to tweet. I've I've decided I I get tempted, but I do not tweet anymore from the game start to the game end. And the reason is because emotions just shift so much as this game goes on. The Jets play fairly inconsistent football for, for four quarters. So I try to reserve my judgment for the end. Because of that, my tweets were a lot better at the end of the game. The Jets' defense kept the Jets in this game, period. Jets' offense started strong, but the Jets' defense is the reason they had a chance to win this game. Yes, they they had some issues stopping Kenny Pickett at times, um, but they had three sacks, and they had four picks, and they were nice interceptions. These were not easy ones. They were diving for them, a tip drill. I mean, it was really impressive. And and I'll talk about the players because I knocked some of these guys last week and the week before. But some guys just stepped up on this defense this week, and it was awesome to see. Um, you know, you could see, though, that Pickett was talking a ton of trash uh, as he was scoring or moving the ball. Um, and, and, you know, 
we had the last laugh. So sorry, Kenny Pickett. Stay humble, little boy. May want to wait till the end of the game to talk trash. So Zach then finally gets his opportunity because the Jets need it. Their their defense has held up enough where the Jets, the game is still in range, but most people are starting to write them off at this point. Zach then leads two straight touchdown drives and displays the first true glimpse of his clutch gene. Converts on fourth down and leads a game-winning drive. Gets Corey Davis, of all people, back involved in this offense. You got to love it. You got to love it. He moved the ball around a lot. He spread it around a lot. I knocked it a little bit because they basically targeted Elijah more early and then just ignored him the rest of the game. I don't like that. No matter what we did, that was positive. I don't like that. But I'm really glad we had other guys step up like Corey Davis and Zach found the open guy. Uh, Tyler Conklin had a couple nice plays in the game. Um, so really excited to see our tight end position finally utilized well. Just awesome to see Zach go out there and lead two game-winning drives. I said today on Twitter, if Zach plays like he did consistently throughout the rest of the year, like he did those last seven minutes, the Jets will no doubt have a positive record when all is said and done. It's very hard to maintain that level of, of you know consistency. But Zach has the ability. We saw that on Sunday. He has the ability to play at a high, high level. He just needs to do it over and over and over again. And that's what separates the guys that don't succeed in this league and the guys that we talk about every single year, like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and these other guys, Mahomes, Allen. They just do it over and over and over again. They turn it into a science. They figure it out. So you you know what you're getting almost every Sunday out of these players. That's what Zach needs to do. And I'm excited that we got to see him do a little bit of that this past week. So let's talk about the most surprising performances in this game, because that's what I alluded to earlier. Guys that I was just knocking the past couple of weeks that suddenly looked like pro bowlers out of nowhere. Lamarcus Joyner. I have been railing on this guy for the past few weeks that he just doesn't even belong on this field, that he was considering retirement. What is this guy doing as a part of this starting lineup? He looks abysmal. And then he comes out against the Steelers, and he gets two picks. Not one pick, two picks. And they were good interceptions. He also had six tackles and no blown plays. I don't know who was suited up in that jersey that day, but I don't know if it was LaMarcus Joyner. If it was and that continues, I'm pumped because he played great. And you got to give him his 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 uh, congrats for that. Second guy that I was really impressed with that I just was kind of shocked that he played pretty well was Connor McDermott. I mean, most people don't think Connor McDermott's that good. And I said, I don't know if it even makes sense for him to go out there. Might as well just not have a tackle. And he went out there after the Max Mitchell injury. Thank goodness Max Mitchell seems to be okay. He's not severe in, severely injured. And McDermott stepped up. He had an 89.5 pass block win rate. That's pretty good. It's not perfect. It's like middle of the league. I'll take middle of the league, man. Connor McDermott is bottom of the league, typically. So middle of the league, big improvement. Good job, Connor McDermott. 
Obviously, the O-line was not perfect, but it was not quite as bad as it looked. Pass pro was actually decent. Most of the guys ranked in the 90s, 90th percentile for pass rush, pass pro. So, also, I just want to call out that Rich Samini tweeted a lot of this out. And then he said, the numbers seem high considering the Jets allowed the 27th highest pressure rate. So he seems to be insinuating that these numbers are high, but it doesn't really line up with this pressure rate ranking. But the way he worded it doesn't make any sense. He's saying that they had the 27th highest pressure rate, which would mean that there are 26 teams that had a higher pressure rate. And a higher pressure rate is a negative thing. So 27 would actually be good. So this makes no sense. Rich Samini, let's let's reevaluate this metric. I don't know if you just wrote the wrong thing, but if they have the 27th highest pressure rate, that's a positive, not a negative. Higher pressure rate is a negative. It's a negative metric. You don't want to be number one on that list. You want to be number 32, and the Jets were 27. So, just wanted to mention that. Anyway, I think some of the issue on Sunday, obviously, some of the these guys were winning in pass pro, but not at the same time. Certain guys were getting beat on certain plays, so it looked like there was a pocket collapsing. Meanwhile, it was just one guy getting beat one time versus the other guys holding up. And a lot of that caused Zach to bail on the pocket too early. Um, so a lot of these players, like I said, they were just beat immediately. So the pocket was just over in a second and Zach had to bail. So you don't blame Zach for bailing because he didn't feel confident that all five guys were going to block effectively on every play. So I think in that case, you know, he may have rolled out early sometimes when he could have probably hung in there a little longer. And towards the end of the game, he did. So you saw those last few drives where he had success, he stuck in the pocket, and he made some really, really awesome plays, even with pressure in his face. I think Zach will just continue to learn. He has a little bit more time than he might think. The Jets' O-line, this is what happens to, to quarterbacks a lot of times. They have a bad O-line, and then suddenly they just start bailing on their instincts, bailing on the pocket too early. Their instincts almost change because they think, I don't have any time ever, so I just need to bail the minute I feel uncomfortable, and they bail a little early. So. It's not all on Zach. Obviously, there were some some issues there. But pass block win rate is a real thing. Jets look pretty good on it. So explain that one to me. Um, beyond that, um, I have, you know, I have my game MVPs here. And there's basically two players. I mean, there's I'm just gonna say it now. Sauce is not one of them, but that guy has looked excellent for the first four weeks. Totally looks like he's worth the pick. Anyway, I'll get to him in a second. The game MVPs for me, and really the season MVPs at this point, but in this game specifically were Quinn Williams and Elijah Vera Tucker. Quinn Williams is destroying people. I, I don't know like if anybody just keys on him, but I mean, literally destroying people every single play. Um he needs to be on this field. Obviously, he can't be out there for every single snap, but he is ripping people apart. I mean, I am I'm absolutely loving that. Um, you know, he he's really starting to show his ability. 
Um, and I'm, you know, I'm excited to continue to watch him play. Um, he, he's just a, he's a mismatch in every sense of the word. Um, so very excited for him. Uh, he's he's showing it now week in and week out with these edge rushers who, who are now uh, putting some pressure on the opposing quarterback allows Quinn and Williams to not be double teamed as often. Um, and, and Rob Salah today, uh, Rob Sala today was basically saying that, uh, that Willie, you know, Quinnen's absolutely destroying people, absolutely destroying people. So love to see that. Um, he is playing out of his mind. So excited to see him continue. He had a sack. He had six tackles. He's just wreaking havoc. Then you have Elijah Vera Tucker. Elijah Vera Tucker has been doing some unique things for this team. Um, you know, he obviously was drafted as a guard. A lot of people knocked that pick when it happened because they were, they're like, you're going to trade up to get a guard. Um, it's not a premium position. And yet he's been nothing but excellent since he walked in the front door at one Jets drive. Elijah Vera Tucker has been a jack of all trades and a master of all trades. Sometimes hear that phrase, a jack of all trades, a master of none. Vera Tucker has a, has a new phrase, jack of all trades, master of all trades. You move from guard, right guard, left guard, left tackle, right. T- I mean, he can play any position on this line effectively. Against the Steelers on Sunday, he had a 93.3% pass block win rate at left tackle, a position he has never played in the NFL. He played a little bit of tackle in college, but this is a different level, and he's demonstrating why we traded up to get him he's a mauler if you're going to buy an offensive lineman's jersey on this team it is elijah vera tucker do not hesitate to do it it's rich samini had, had tweeted out that vera tucker actually started working at left tackle a, uh, a few weeks ago but not in practice he would be doing it on his own time prepping for a worst case scenario basically this dude is all about the team. Those are the guys you need in this locker room. Do what it takes to win, not just care about your contract. He was excellent. AVT, you're becoming a fan favorite, my man. Keep it up. So, my next question is, did Mike LaFleur listen to my podcast? I'm starting to think he might be listening um, to my podcast. I'm not, not entirely sure, but... When I see these game scripts, I start to go, that's exactly what I said to do. And I'm no expert. I know a little bit. But I said, feed Brees, man. you got to feed this guy. He was averaging like seven yards per carry before this game. He, he was averaging also seven yards. I think it was, I don't know if it was seven yards per carry. But ultimately, he had. He was averaging seven carries a game going into this game. This is your, your second round running back who is the best running back on this team. And what do they do in this game? They give him 17 carries. 17 carries after I said, feed the breeze. And what did he do with those carries? He he had an excellent game, basically. Yeah. He had, uh, his yards were, were good. They weren't excellent. But he had a t- the game-winning touchdown. Just fighting for those extra yards to get into the end zone to win the game. And he looked good. Looked good in a lot of aspects of the game. Um, he's, he's showing the ability to, to catch the ball out of the backfield, to get big chunks of yards. It's He's a momentum driver on this team. 
You need a guy that can just break one for a big one, and then you go, okay, we have the momentum back. That's Brees Hall. Brees Hall is playing excellent. Love to see him getting more touches. He is going to continue to break away as the the premier backfield talent for this team. Michael Carter will be more of that, that 30-40% role. He's not going to not going to be the guy once Brees starts going. Again, love Michael Carter. Brees Hall's better. Moving into the defense, you know, I, I feel like oh, sorry, one last thing on did Mike LaFleur listen to my podcast? He started getting Elijah Moore more involved. And I know I'm not the only one who said that. But I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to take it. Uh, Elijah Moore was very involved early in the game, and he stopped trying to use him as a deep threat. He's not a burner. He's a quick guy. Quick, not fast, as they say. What happened? Big chunks of yards. Get him the ball in space, let him make plays after the catch. That's what he did. So love to see that. All right, on to the defense. The defense forced four turnovers in this game. I cannot remember the last time I said that about the New York Jets. Sauce looking excellent again. Week in, week out, Sauce looks the part, and that's exciting to see. So, who made the plays? You know, other than Sauce just looking good, Jermaine Johnson had another sack. Carl Lawson had another sack. He had a bonehead play later in the game, or at I think it was right at halftime. They gave the Steelers another chance to, to kick a field goal. Could have came back to bite them really bad. Thankfully, it did not. Um... I mean, it did, but they overcame it. But he had another sack. Lawson starting to rack him up. Jermaine starting to rack him up. Jordan Whitehead had a pick. Michael Carter the second had a pick. Guys that kind of have been struggling, if I'm being honest. Both had picks. These are the confidence boosters they need. And then, like I mentioned earlier, LaMarcus Joyner with two picks. And don't forget about C.J. Mosley. Very easy to forget about C.J. Mosley. Some of these other guys making splash plays. Mosley is a grinder. He was our MVP on the Jets last season. Had like 168 tackles, something ridiculous like that. He had 11 tackles in this game. CJ Mosley continues to play at a high level. Also had a bonehead mistake in this game, but we're not going to talk about that. So the defense kept him in this game, like I said, with a lot of these turnovers. Um, put him pressure on the quarterback. Finally, they had three sacks overall for the day. And then coaching. I actually was really pumped about the coaching. A lot of people going back and forth about Salah, LaFleur, Ulbrich, really dissatisfied by the way they've started this season. And yet the Jets are 2-2. Two and two, And the team rallies. And I think for me, when I think about a head coach, what makes a great head coach? A team that believes in their head coach. And believes their head coach believes in them. A lot of believes in there. But ultimately, they believe that Salah is the right leader for them. And he fires them up in a different kind of way where they're fighting until the end of the game. The fourth quarter, they are fighting. And because they fight like that for him, that's why we have a chance to win these games. Even when we make mistakes, we're always in it. And so I think that's what I love about Rob Sala. And you see him just getting fired up, flexing in front of his guys after they get the game-winning touchdown. And they're just getting, they're just feeding off each other. It's just this amazing thing to watch. Something we have not had in a coach in a long time. Um, and, and it's just exciting. 
So I've really enjoyed Rob Sala. Like I'm a big Rob Sala guy, big supporter. I think LaFleur, again, up and down game for him. Kind of lost their identity for like half the game and found it again, thankfully. But, um, you know, some of that is on the old line, like I said earlier, but it's not all there. And teams find a way to win without a, a, an excellent O line um, and find a way to continue momentum. And we, we kind of have to stop using that excuse. It's always going to be in flux. We're never going to have five, you know, all pros on the O line. The guys that are out there just have to hold down for, you know, for an athletic quarterback like Zach. He doesn't need five, six seconds. You know, we got to give him three, four at least and allow him to be an athlete. And I think that's what happened towards the end of the game there is they started to, to figure it out. So Mike LaFleur, up and down game. I'll give him give him a positive rating in this one. And Albrecht, I give an excellent rating in this one. I think he's been taking a ton of heat. Um, everyone just wants to point fingers when people are struggling. And I think there were clearly some issues with how he was playing guys. Seems like we may have... You know, he may have heard the criticism and started to consider a new approach and get his elite guys out there more often. Um, and it paid off. Jets forced four turnovers. That is no mistake. Got to give the coach props when they do well. Can't just hate on them. Then you have, in our last thing in this segment, the Minka Fitzpatrick comments. So Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, safety on the safety, right? Safety, like 90% sure of that. Um, yeah, safety. On the uh, on the Steelers, he, after the game, they're like, you know, how, you know, how do you feel about this loss? And he's kind of, he's basically saying, you know, it sucks to lose to a team with players you know you're more talented than. Then beat them. Don't lose. Don't lose. If you don't want to have to deal with those types of questions, maybe you're not more talented than them. Maybe you are. I mean, he's a great player. Minka Fitzpatrick. There's no doubt about it. The guy can ball. You don't want to have to deal with those types of questions. Don't lose the game. That's all. You just lost to the Jets. It's a new era. And that's the end of segment one. Moving into segment two, this is, we're really just doing two segments today, but uh, we're looking ahead. Week five preview, Jets are two and two, facing the three and one Dolphins, but no Tua. Tua obviously had a kind of a scary injury against the Bengals last week on Thursday Night Football. He going through concussion protocols, different things, you know, before that. And then I guess they let they let him play, and it was questionable whether he should be out there. I think the doctor ended up getting fired afterwards just due to a bad evaluation because Tua basically looked like he could have a serious, serious nerve injury um, or brain injury after that game and uh, after he got thrown down. And, and, you know, thank goodness he's okay. But this stuff is for real, man. You got to be careful. These guys are throwing you down at a ridiculous force. If you're not okay, you're going to get really not okay. So hopefully he's okay. Doesn't sound like he's going to play in this game. Um, so because of that, the Dolphins are only a three and a half point favorite. It was the same spread as the Jets and the Steelers. And we won that game. And we probably should have won that game by more based on how it started out. 
We beat ourselves for most of the, that game on offense, especially. So this means that at three and a half points, they're basically the betting world is seeing this game as almost even, which means it's probably going to be another close one. Yeah. The Dolphins still have a ton of premier talent. Tyree Kill, obviously. Jalen Waddell. They're dangerous. But can we win this game? Yeah, I think so. I think we can. And I was reading um, a Dolphins uh, site the other day. I think it was yesterday. And uh, they basically were saying these aren't the same old Jets. So we need to be ready for this one. So we're finally starting to get a little bit of respect around the league. These wins that we're stacking, that's how you do it. You will not be respected based on potential. You have to win football games, and the Jets are finally winning football games. The Steelers were a good team. They're not the Steelers of old, like I said last week, but they are still a well-coached team with a lot of talent. Jets beat the Steelers. Browns, pretty good team. A lot of talent on that roster. Beat the Browns. This is how you earn respect around the league. And now you see teams like the Dolphins going, we have to really respect this. The Jets aren't even last in our division right now. The Patriots are. Miami and Buffalo at 3-1, and one, the Jets at 2-2, two and two, and New England at 1-3. and three. Let's go beat Miami, man. And then we're tied for the division. Uh, that's something I didn't think I'd be saying right now. But in the NFL... Things happen. You have to work with injuries. You have to deal with all these things. And the Dolphins right now are dealing with that. And the Jets are dealing with that in other ways. This is an opportunity for us to go win a game. It's a home game. MetLife Stadium. Got to get it rocking. Doesn't usually get rocking. But it needs to get rocking. Got to be ready for this one. Got to get hyped. They have a chance to win this game. So like I said, you have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. Basically, these guys are cheat codes. They are probably two of the top five fastest guys in the NFL. They're both on this team. It's going to be a big test. Big test for our secondary. Um, But you know what? How we make it easier? Get to the quarterback. We play against Teddy Bridgewater, who's good enough to get the ball to those guys, but he's not as good as Tua. Tua's not super elite, but he's good. And and Teddy Bridgewater's not as good. So what do we do? We got to get pressure. On Teddy Bridgewater early. Make him make mistakes. Get the momentum early. This is going to be another big test for Sauce and the rest of the secondary. Sauce just keeps stacking wins every week. Got to keep stacking them. DJ Reed looking good still. We got to we gotta lock up. Tyree Kill is fourth in the league in targets and first in the league in yards. He is dangerous. He will probably... Score a touchdown on us. At least one. So we're going to have to accept that it's not going to be perfect. But if we can cause some mistakes to be made. Only get beat maybe once by Tyree Kill on a big one. Can win this game. The Dolphins have a weak run game. They're averaging less than four yards per carry. They just don't have elite running back talent. So let's not be the team that changes that. That's all I'm going to say about that. So what are our keys to success in this one? Like I said, start strong and don't let up. Get a lead and extend it. Don't just hold it. Hold it. Jets love to get a lead and then just sit there and wait for the other team to catch up. 
instead of putting their foot on the other team's neck, metaphorically, and winning by two, three touchdowns. That's what we need to see. Dolphins are a more talented roster than the New York Jets, but the New York Jets are a more talented roster than they have been. And when things go right for us, we have a real chance to beat teams like the Dolphins. So, let's keep the communication strong. It's another key I have here. Can't be slipping up, communication-wise, against the cheetah. He will burn you. Protect Zach and give him some easy reads. One of the things I had trouble with Zach last week was he was locking onto his first read. If his first read wasn't there, he was either panicking or dumping it down. And while I like him dumping it down to his running backs more often than making mistakes, like throwing picks, you know, he's dumping it down to his running backs a little too early instead of moving to read two and read three. That was the big issue I had with him last week. He seemed to fix it towards the end of the game, but you can see him lock right onto to read number one. If it's not there, he just dumps it down. Your running back is not option two. It's like option three or four. So got to progress through those reads. You have three great receivers on this team. I'll say two, and then Corey Davis is good. You got to work through all three of those guys. You can't just look at one and then move to your running back. So give him easy reads. He's still working his way back and gelling with these guys. If he plays like he did, like I said, in those final few minutes, the Jets should legitimately have a great shot at winning this game. I'll say it again. Keep finding ways to get the ball to Brees Hall. Feed him. He's a beast. Just going to keep saying that every week. Brees Hall is a great player. Got to get him the ball more. We did it last week. It paid off. Keep it up. And lastly, I'll say my last key to success here is put a ton of pressure on Teddy Bridgewater. Utilize some unique blitzes, but that front four even, just utilize them, let them win their matchups. Make Teddy Bridgewater beat you. He's not a great quarterback. He's very bottom of the league right now. We need to take advantage of that. Get in his face, get in his face early, contain, make him beat you, and take away the deep ball. Let's get some mistakes made early for Teddy so we can get the momentum and capitalize. So what's my score prediction for this game? I think this one could go in a few different directions, but, you know, I think with the high-powered receiving group we're looking at on both sides of the ball, to be honest with you, I'm going a little high on this one. A little high. I'm going 28-24. Jets. New York Jets. W advancing to three and two. Yes, I'm predicting another Jets win. I did it last week. Did it the week before. I think I did it the week before that. I was right two out of three times. So, all I'm going to say is we do, th- we do the right things in this game. We win this game, period. But it's going to be tight. So I'm giving it a 28-24 final score. And now I'm moving to my final thoughts here. How fun is this? The Jets have multiple wins heading into October and are in close games every week. We are on the edge of our seats until the final whistle every game. This is why we watch football. It's been a while since this was the case, so enjoy it. 
we are finally seeing the fruits of patience and trusting the process. The young guys are making a big impact on every single game. It is an exciting time to be a Jets fan. They are turning the corner finally. Get hyped. Make the stadium a competitive advantage this Sunday by getting loud. The Jets can legitimately win this game Sunday against the division rival and have a 3-2 record heading into week six. The time is now. Let's roll. Go Jets. Jet up. All gas, no break. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Jet Up. Remember to go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Twitter at JetUpPod. This episode was brought to you by Roster Up Media, where football meets data. Head to rosterupmedia.com for more great NFL content.